This episode of Blitzed is brought to you by Rip Curl's Mirage Activate Board Short. On sale today. This is Mick Fanning's secret weapon. The ultimate compression liner board short. Developed by the three-time world champ, Mick, he's that fucking good Fanning, and WSL co-medical director and sports medicine specialist, Dr. Tim Brown. The targeted technology within the board short helps you surf stronger for longer. It works by activating core surfing muscles to balance power, posture, and joint alignment. The firm yet flexible fit also offers rash protection, decreasing lactic acid buildup. This all amounts to board shorts that let you perform at a higher level and recover faster. I was struggling with tight hips and a little lower back stiffness, explains Fanning, about why he sought out the tech during his three times world title campaigns. I finally got my hands on a pair of the liners, put them on, went for a surf, and instantly it felt like someone had grabbed my butt cheeks and lifted them together and made them real perky. What that did was ease up on my whole back. The looseness that I felt in my mid and upper back, I went surfing and didn't have any stiffness whatsoever. Are you kidding me? Bodies that lift your butt cheeks and make them perky? Woo! Get me some of that gear. When you put these shorts on, it almost feels like someone has grabbed you from behind and given you a good old lift, continues Dr. Tim Brown. Really helps to align the body and it helps to make your body feel more powerful. And in fact, it helps your performance the first time you put them on. Other technical features include hydrophobic quick-dry coating, body-mapping silicon grip, rash-free fly mesh, a surf grip waistband, secure lock draw cord, aerotech outer shell, and recycled Mirage Pro fabric. Fucking get that in here. <laughs> ah, the shorts come with a 30-day performance guarantee where you can return them for a full refund or credit if you're not 100% stoked with how they work. Head to your closest Rip Curl store or board short stockist to try some on and feel the difference or check them out online. Ripcurl.com <laughs> Get those perky cheats tweet! The Rip Curl Mirage Activate is available for the first time ever today. And don't forget, you can sign up to Club Rip Curl while you're there. Rip Curl, mate. Blitzed. ATS. Perky as a motherfucker up in here. Competition surfing. Rashes. Oh, yeah. Maybe I can get Welcome to Blitzed Pure Tour Nerdism. The Halieva Challenger Series is a wrap, and what an event it was. Oh, Vorna, I'm giving it four on the shat rating. Uh, gets a high score, basically all on account of Sophie McCulloch's performance. An absolute bell ringer, one of the great Australian underdog rip-ins by the Sunny Coast Carve mm. Queen, and that's spelt K-W-E-E-E-N, by the way. Uh, yeah, an absolute special. Uh, I mean, geez, Vaughn, before we get into it all, uh, you know, I just wanted to tie this all into the past couple of months of Australian sport. Um, I mean, fucking hell, it's been a wild couple of months. And uh, I, I just want to take us on a, a little tour of, of where Australian sport is at right now and, and how it relates to Sophie's performance. Mm. 
Let's uh, hear it, mate. Um, uh, by the way, I just uh, I'm jumping straight on your four charts, and um, it's charts now, isn't it? We've added the R. That's official. Or are oh, we still sorry, shouting yeah. ourselves? Oh, well, no, that's right. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> bit of a shat, but bit of no, a shat. no, I, I thought um, the, the only disappointment in this comp, the, the thing that stops it from getting, oh, look, there was a couple, but uh, before you go uh, into it, the, the one thing I found really uh, a huge bummer, really, was just the quality of the waves when the Aussie boys had it all on the line. Like The, the surf was just doggers, that cross shore sort of like devil wind, inconsistent, and, and you, you've got your whole year on the line. Like, that That was hard to watch. I, I found that really difficult, even even despite the fact that, you know, you, you've, you've got to be on all year. You can't leave it to the last comp. But, you know, we could have had – we could have literally had five guys qualifying. We ended up with two. So, I mean, yeah, amazing performance by Soph. But, but that was just uh, – that was what sort of uh, dinted my high-level shat rating, Smith. Yeah, it's a great point. And, I mean, the surf really bottomed out for mine in, in Chippo Wilcox's round of 32 heat. Oh, what a jip that was. Just sideshore gibberish, inconsistent. Just, you know, he lost out basically on account of not getting uh, any quality waves and, and quality scoring opportunities. What a jip. Fucking disgrace. Yeah. Anyway. But, yeah, just, just more broadly, I mean, Vorno, I know you've been watching. It's just been a, a crazy – Month or two for Australian sport. Um, I mean, you know, last month we watched Australia win its 12th Rugby League World Cup. And, you know, everyone is talking about how gnarly the Polynesians are and how they dominate rugby league at the moment. You know, naturally gifted athletes, huge bodies dominating the league. And then this team of nuggety, wiry bogans and a couple of curries, all of them from places like Dubbo and Tumut and Tari, they absolutely trounce them. Just a consummate clinical dismantling (laughs) by a bunch of fearless, hardworking maniacs, all pulling in the same direction, all ripping in for each other. And then uh, fast forward a few weeks and the Socceroos are at the World Cup. A team of nobodies, a team of nobodies, sorry, no one gives them a hope. Uh, They get pretty pumped by the defending world champs, France, in the first game, despite scoring first. And and then it happens, Vaughan. You know, they they come up against Tunisia, uh, who are a quality team in in what was basically a home game for them, and they get the win. And it wasn't about the win, though. It was was about the way they won. Um, And this is what... You know, ties into Sophie's performance. You know, the Socceroos had a pretty shit roster and they knew it. So they made a pact. They went out there and they fucking ripped in like nobody's business. They blew the Mm. other team off the park with their intensity, their work ethic, and ultimately their desire to do the Australian sporting tradition, the Aussie spirit, as they called it. They wanted to do it proud. And, you know, this isn't some white pride shit. You know, the biggest voices in the Socceroos shed are, you know, one of them's a refugee from the Serbian Civil War, Milos Degenek, and, uh, you know, know, the heroes of that team are guys like Aziz Bejic and uh, Mitch Duke and Harry Mm. Suda, you know, a full fucking bitter, a a bunch of nobody (laughs) mongrels with blood that's right. You know, they've got bloodlines extending to all corners of the planet. But what is important is that they all bought into what it means to be Australian. And what it means to be Australian is you fucking rip in for the cunt next year. You work hard. You go hard. You back yourself. And you live up to this proud sporting tradition. Uh, obviously, they go on to beat Denmark, one of the best teams in the world, ranked 30 spots above them. They go down to Argentina, uh, you know, just by a couple of centimetres, really, in the knockout mm. stage. Only the second 
team to do it in the in the history of the country uh, where you know soccer is probably the fifth most popular sport. But my my point is this: people criticise this country, Vaughan. You know, they say we have no culture, but after the last two months of watching Australians of all colours, cultures and creeds compete like no other cunt on earth across a range of sports, I realise that the culture that defines this country is sport. We are a sporting nation and what could be better than that? You can take all your divisive, virtue signalling politics and shove it up your ass. All you really need to do to understand this joint is flick on the telly, sit back and watch our athletes let their surfing, their football, their soccer, their fighting, their cricket, whatever it is, just watch their actions do the talking and you'll find out everything you need to know about this joint and what kind of a place it is. You know, we, we are a people <laughs> who fucking, we're fucking up for it. Uh, you know, we're, we back ourselves, we back each other. We never die wondering. We work hard. We rip in and we answer to that culture. There is a bar that has been set by Australian sports people. There is a work ethic. There is a culture of going all in and we all know it. Uh, and, and we expect those who represent us on the world stage uh, to, mm. to perform in this way. They, they don't have to win. It's not about results. It's about ripping in and leaving no stone unturned and, and everyone who puts that jersey on and looks down on that emblem fucking knows it and they're going to keep on knowing it and they're going to keep on doing it because that's what it fucking means to be an Australian. Sophie McCulloch is an Aussie. She competed like one and she put a rocket up the whole joint I'm calling Vaughn. What a performance. What, what a, a performance. queen. Oh, what an opening spray, Smithy. Get in the sheds, mate. No wonder we've been hired as the official motivation team for the year of Kanji's coming into the Olympics at Chopu 2024, mate. We'll be there ramping it right up them. I mean, they're doing fine without us, but you wait till you and, you and I are giving that pre-game speech just before they paddle out for the gold medal match against, you know, whoever it's going to be, one of the Brazilians or Corley Vast or whoever it is, mate. But I'm telling you, we'll be out there and we'll be... Shoving the rocket fair up him, Smith. But what a, yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more, mate. It's been a, a pretty inspiring time. I felt like Australian sport and, and the Australian identity, uh, you're right. I mean, we only really need to look to, you know, a lot of these athletes. And, and it's not always the pointy end of athlete, uh, of the sporting scene in Australia, too, where it's coming from, mate. It's, it's like your park rugby league, it's your touch footy that your Groms are playing. Like, I went down to uh, watch. My nephew, uh, Ronnie's boy, Mickey, play touch footy. And the whole village, the whole town that he lives in was there. Like everyone was there supporting their kids and just sort of, I guess, breeding this sort of like atmosphere of participation and fun. And, but also like not cotton woolen them, you know what I mean? Like get them, get them in there, get them having a crack. And uh, it was just inspirational to see. And that spreads in – to every sport, into every arena. It's like that's where we feel our deepest sense of community. And I feel like the – yeah, even for an individual sport like surfing, it's it's really taking on a team element, don't you reckon? Over the last few years, the last two years in particular, the way we've seen the Changers really rally. Like we're getting back to the good old days of, of you know, when – you had like uh, your, your rabbits, your uh, MPs and your PTs sort of as a group. It's it's supportive, but it's also completely competitive. Uh, they, they lift each other by lifting themselves. Uh, they they feel that that big push, that big collective like need 
to it to to do it for each other, not just for yourself. And I think it couldn't have come at a better time because our national identity got fucking rinsed, Smithy. Rinsed by the last, what, 20 years of, of politics and that front-facing sort of face of who we were and how we were being represented on the world stage. It, it, it went away from sport, something that we knew we were and something that we always had a lot of pride in and just got completely washed over by these fucking kooks man these absolute kooks whether it was like they were you know uh in politics or in the major media cycles that's what ended up sort of confusing us all and we got lost man like i was i was dead set going who are we as a nation like i was just going what do we stand for like we stand for nothing we're just letting our fucking country get and our resources get absolutely raped and pillaged we're fucking letting these fucking clowns in the media sort of dictate and sway these elections that just was like the Ouroboros, mate, where we were just eating our tail with bad decisions and losing ourselves. And this last couple of years, but, yeah, the last month in particular, how inspiring has it been to just reconnect with the true Aussie spirit and the grit that we've always fucking known we had and just to fully... Tap back in, mate. I'm jacked up. Let's go, Smithy. Let's get that green and gold going, mate, and start rocking ripping in. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. And it's a good point. You know, it starts at the grassroots and it builds from there. And, mate, you go into any amateur uh, discipline. You know, all the ones you mentioned are totally valid. You go to any sporting event. It can be a board riders club, can be a park football club, uh, and the culture is the same at the elite level. In, in, at the top level, uh, you have to fucking rip in. You've got to rip in for your community, and it, it's just baked into the joint. There is sporting excellence. We have a certain self-belief in this joint, in this country, that We'll, we'll do all right. Like, we'll fucking, we're going to go hard. Like, that's what you, you, you're guaranteed. And if you yeah. don't go hard, mate, you know, you, you don't get no respect in this joint. It, it's, it's quite shameful. And I think most athletes are definitely from this current crop. They, they fully understand that and they're fully ripping in across all codes and sporting disciplines. And it's, a great, it's great to see um, j- just on my, uh, I've actually gone with the chat rating. Uh, you know, I, I was feeling, uh, uh, you know, like just a little bit more confident in the stoolage that I could, uh, you know, just pass a, uh, <laughs> a just a proper a proper nugget. So I've yeah. uh, I've, I've ditched the shot for today. Uh, uh, obviously, uh, the skits. Uh, you know, obviously Sophie just went fully skits. Uh, yeah. But you know, couldn't give it the full five because the fellas fell short. Sadly, John 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 Florence went fairly mad on his return to competition following yet another long injury layoff. Uh, are you kidding me? Again, Sophie's run. Uh, also, Betty Lou's 9.23 on the buzzer in the final, uh, needing a 10. Crazy. Uh, nearly gets it right on the buzzer. Fuck, that would have been a real, are you kidding me moment. Uh, would have mm. you know, basically knocked Sophie off to her. And also, uh, Liam O'Brien's afro. I mean, best white guy with an afro since Disco Stew. Are you <laughs> kidding me? <laughs> he is Disco Stew. Holy shit. That's amazing. Wow. Wow. Did you know that disco record sales were up 400% for the year ending 1976? If these trends continue, hey. (laughs) 
And uh, torture, as you mentioned, Vaughn, plenty of torture for the blokes. Smorgs, Sibley falling agonisingly short of qualification, bombing out in the quarters. Just, you know, fell out of rhythm in pretty shitty conditions. Uh, went a burger straight off the bat, kicked out without even doing a turn. Second one wasn't great either. Fell on his last turn and that was it. You only really get two bites at the cherry with four-man heats. Halieva, wave selection, so critical in that event. Chippo mm. Wilcox also falling short, uh, losing out in the round of 32. Bit of friendly fire. They're getting done by Chris Saffis and uh, K.U. Butler, who finished second and third respectively. Kanoe in first, Kanoe Garashi. And uh, yeah, yeah. Just, just one of the few heats um, where the wind was up and there, there just wasn't that many waves, as we mentioned. Uh, the most torturous, though, Vaughn, Liam O'Brien's buzzer beater loss in the round of 32 to Federico mm. Moraes. Now, it doesn't matter now because the cards fell lobs away and he qualified, but that wasn't certain at the time. He needed to win mm. that heat to ensure his spot on tour, and he surfed a consummate heat that really harked to that sporting work ethic and tradition uh, we've been talking about. You know, you could see the focus and determination in him, just super sharp, super critical, no mistakes until the final turn of the heat where he comes unstuck, pulling a, a radical layback Rio from memory that he, he fully had under control, but just hit a bit of chop or something and lost it. And, uh, you know, the turn would have been enough to get him through, but instead Freddie, the Portuguese journeyman, squeaks through on, uh, you know, by a point two of a point. And then you're thinking mm. at that point, Lob could be denied again following the broken leg on the morning of the Pipe Masters, and oh. that would have just been too much. But the surf god smiled on him. He's made the tour anyway and could not be happier for him. Yeah. And a uh, big, oh, mate, another torturous moment. Just, just you know, seeing Dill go out early, Dylan Moffat from Narrabeen, and having to sit there all day and just watch watch them come at him, you know, and that would have been hard to do. And, oh, mate, look, for Chippo and uh, Morgs and and Dylan, I just oh, – part of me – look, you've, you've got to surf against the best to be at that level, right? You've, you've got to have uh, these – the ability to, to come up against a John John and a Kanoa and, um, and be competitive and arc how, you know. But the difference, man, between these these two tours is fucking night and day. Like when you see the CT guys on the wave face, they look like they're another cut above, don't you reckon? Like uh, the, the final was for championship tour surface. Like, I mean, it, it says a lot. And these guys coming in the drawer, and fair enough, you know, they can go in it and whatnot. But they sucked so many points out of that contest. Like, it's fucking gnarly. What a kick in the guts, man. Like, you've been sweating it down on the Chang all year. You finally get in this last event, and you're drawing, you know, a rampaging John John on the come up. Like, mm. Arkel ready to build on, like, you know, a disappointing season. Uh, you know, he, he was on the Chang as well. But looking to, you know, really put a stamp on it. Kanoa just Fucking absolutely flaring. Emrod, uh, yeah, you know, had to requalify, but has spent time on the CT. Oh, and, and I just felt like there was a massive difference. And Lobby was the closest person, I thought, to someone who hasn't surfed CT. Um, heats consistently, you know, hasn't qualified yet, who looked to be there. But I felt there was definitely a little bit, I don't know if it was nerves or tentativeness or whatever it was, but, you know, our boys, Morgs, Chippo and um, 
and Dylan, it, it really did look like, you know, when that when they needed to step it up, it was just there was something missing. And I, I say that with deep respect to the boys, but it was just uh, – it goes back to that thing we were talking about with the women's tour too, mate. You know, like so – such a small little pocket of opportunity to qualify. And it's already fucking hard enough without having to, you know, have uh, these huge names come in on the Chang and just blitz you out. I mean, it's another whole year where you're not surfing at that elite level and sharpening your sword. Exactly right. Yeah, it's a hard one the WSL is up against there. I mean, you know, you put those big names in the event and, and you bring so much star power and ratings and interest to the event. But it, it just seems it, it seems just a weird curveball to throw at the most important event in these surfers' lives to, to suddenly have like, yeah, like you said, John or, or Kanoa as just dropping in for, for one event in the year, which just so happens to be the most important event. Uh, it doesn't really make any sense from a, a kind of narrative point of view. It's controversial, anyway, yeah. I don't know. I don't like, know. And it, look it, at the – sorry, Smithy, but look at the reaction of John John compared to Sophie. I mean, Sophie's a fairly stoic, quiet person, so they weren't that different now that I think about it. But, you know, like Sophie's win is, is a Mr. Spiffy from 95, like a Richie Lovett, like from the back blocks to qualify, like a miracle. Uh, she was speechless on the back of the ski with Strider. John John walks up the beach and it's like, yeah, good to be back. Nice to win at home. Like kind of cool, I suppose. And it just, it's the biggest pin in the balloon of what should be the biggest contest of the year because any other surfer on the Chang, even if you've already qualified, is winning that and fucking beating drums, stomping their feet and lighting a fucking match, maybe. Like it's 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 that important. So it does diminish it when you've you've got these like, Huge, you know, world title, world title, uh, fucking campaigners, and they win it, and, and it kind of means something. I mean, a win of Hawaii means something to everyone; it, it always will. But it just didn't quite feel like it had the uh, the weight. You know what I mean? That it should have. That it actually should have. Mm. It's crazy how stacked the heats were in that event. I mean, even by the round of 32, I was just looking at Lob's heat before, and you have Mateus Hurdy, Frederico Marais, Imai DeVault, you know, all CT-level surfers. They've either been on the CT or, you know, Mateus, uh, what came runner-up in his debut event at Mexico or something. Mm. So, you know, the Challenger Series is no cakewalk for anyone, let alone dropping in those top flight, like, Top ten yeah. world tour talent. It's brutal, mate. And yeah, iron sharp. Such iron. a kick in the guts, isn't it? It's, it's just a yeah. full. It's like you know, it's you're already doing it tough. That it's already stacked, as you say. And then, just like last comp of the year, here you go. And look, I don't think it's. I don't know if it's like fixable or anything, but it just seems so. Uh, yeah, it just seems like a kick in the guts. I don't know what really what you do about it because you want those big names in there. Mm, mm, yeah, exactly. Tough one. Uh, just into a few of the highlights for the best heat. Uh, for mine, it's got to be the final of the women. Sophie McCulloch obviously needing to win to make the tour. You know, she's been on the road for three months, absolutely digging deep, gritting her teeth, uh, you know, bouncing back after a, a round one loss in Brazil and you know, just making her own luck. She, she was loving getting busy early, getting her feet in the wax, probably just to, to help ease the nerves which would prove to be a really smart strategy when, you know, they're giving out fives for a single vert hit on a big section for the women. So, um, mm. you know, basically two fives would have would have won you or at least got you through most heats. Um, 
that's the strategy she ran with in the final. The uh, the first wave she got was a one, but uh, everyone turned in similar scores on the opening exchange. Then Blamo, a 6.83 for a bomb, just calmly and clinically took it apart. Didn't overextend, just surfed it well. You know, really solid. And I think that was really the trademark of this performance. She stuck to her strengths, put up solid but not exceptional numbers the whole event. Consistent in a word, barely fell uh, once. And then the backup in that final, two clinical calves in the bowl and just bashed the end section, a vertical hit on a heavy section that was already descending. And uh, she just punched up and into it for an 817 Yahtzee. And the <laughs> bogans on the beach were just going skits every time she hit it. Gave me the chicken skin that did. Uh, yeah. Just love the support from the crew on the beach. I mean, that's what it's all about. That's exactly the sporting culture that we expect from our athletes when they're on the road, backing each other like that. And uh, the very last thing, Vaughn, that I heard on the Wazzle broadcast was Molly Picklem or India Robinson as they chaired Sophie up the beach. There was this immortal line beamed out to the millions. You're a fucking legend. You won it. Fuck. (laughs) Fuck. Where are we going? Ah, it's iconic. As good as it gets. and I was dead set crying with laughter because I, I, you know what it's like Smithy. You, you get caught up in those moments but that is really like that's that takes it to the next level eh? that's where the tears start rolling you're just going this is bullshit oh so good and it, it you know it, it was funny because Soph was saying that she um, she kind of like bottled up her emotions a little bit because she didn't want to say anything inappropriate well yeah Molly and India and whoever else was carrying Soph up the beach took took care of that so good, so good. I mean, I couldn't tell you how much fluid I've lost from my eyeballs in the last month watching Australians compete. It's I've just had so many moments, so many transcendental moments from watching you know this culture that I know so well represented on the world stage, and that was another one of those moments. Like, not only did she come from nowhere to win this event and get a spot on the tour, but just that little tidbit at the end was so fucking Australian. Like, only yeah. filthy potty-mouthed convict blood bogans are spewing out pure profanity uh, live on the WSL broadcast without even thinking <laughs> twice about it. Well played, gals. Well played. Well You've played. done us proud. Yeah. No, nah, it was uh, it was an amazing run and uh, it'll go down in the history books. I mean, to win in Hawaii, it, it always is, you know, far out, man. With that much pressure. And I don't know if you uh, had to listen to that interview yet with Sophie Smithy, but um, she says there that, you know, she, she went into that event with a lot of self-doubt, a lot of, um, you know, a bit worried about how she was going to handle ways with that much juice. She didn't feel uh, overly confident coming from the sunny coast. And um, she was using, like, meditation and leaning on, like, four, four or five different people with experience who she trusted, who, like, you know, just, just to keep her head straight and, and really focus in on knowing that power surfing is her A game, that's her go-to, 
and just focusing on her thighs and her legs and going, you will do this. You have got the talent and you can do it. And I was blown away by that, man. Like to have the wherewithal to not only seek out, you know, uh, you know, knowledge and get the right people putting the right stuff in your head, but then using that and really putting in the work, which we talk about a lot on this potty and just, you know, focusing on areas and backing yourself when it counts the most. Like that is literally as good as sports gets. That's as, as to, to me, that is everything that is excellent about pushing your body to the next level and your mind and your soul. And it all comes together. Like what more can you do, mate? Like it's like achieving perfection, eh? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, perfection, enlightenment, and yeah, just doing that Aussie sporting tradition prior, uh, proud, leaving no stone unturned. Unbelievable Amazing, performance. Amazing, What a fucking icon. As good as it gets. Uh, is that uh, your best heat as well, or are we, are we moving on to best waves from the event? Um, yeah, like, I mean, best heat always is the most emotional one for me, so I, I was stoked on that. But um, I also did enjoy the semi-final where Arkel started just going upside down and really finding that that level of surfing that you knew and that you've always known he has. And, like, when he starts letting go of a few screams, like, man, oh, man, it's fun to watch because you just, you know, he, he is another guy who can kind of, like, you know, just keep it on the down low. But when he starts to feel it and let go of, like, you know, those big muscle-clenching, corn-pinching screams, like, you know that something special's brewing. And his style, mate. God, what a surfer, hey. Like, we talked a lot about how difficult it can be for Goofies at Halley Eva. But, I um, mean, between Arkell and – well, fuck, Arkell was the man. He was just he was just doing shit out there that I was just going, yes, more, more, Smithy. Nom, 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 more, more, more. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, talking about best waves, he's 917 for that skits read on a pretty sus but fully sick Halley Eva pit. was definitely one of my highlights from the event, uh, as Ross Williams commented, it's rare to see goofs get pitted out there at the best of times, let alone on a wobbly five-footer. And, uh, yeah, just glued a nooner and a hook to it, <laughs> following the pit for a, a 917. And the crew on the beach just going fucking ham. So yeah. they should. Rev the cunt up. Rev him right up. He's doing the damage. Uh, and he, he backed that up with, a, with an 817 for a few vert hits and hooks and an end section air rev. And, as you mentioned, Vaughn, absolutely feeling it. Just a, an athlete, man. That guy could have performed at the professional level in any number of sports. Mm. I mean, he just has that physique, that body type, that coordination, a supreme talent. Uh, it's just a matter of, uh, I don't know I don't know what it is that needs to make him click. He's got on some roles in the past. Uh, I remember, you know, I think he, he got the, the nod on Medina in a Challenger series or a QS 10,000 a few years ago and then went was just going toe-to-toe with him at the CT level as well, uh, kind of forcing Medina to, you know, dip into his bag of dirty tricks to get past him. Mm. And, you know, he's got it in him to, to go up against the world's best and fully, uh, you know, jostle for a world title. So let's just hope it clicks for him this year. It could be our Cal's year, Vaughn. No, I think so. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a definite... Um, area of focus for he. I've, I've heard a dog talking about it as well. It's like we're not here. What, what are they? We're not here to fuck spiders, mate. We're not here to fuck spiders. Just to take a uh, a leaf out of the Australian colloquialism legend book. But uh, yeah, I think they're there to find that energy, to find that, to, to ramp up the uh, performance 
like the emotion in the performances as well, you know, because we all know that he can surf rings around anyone on his day. It's finding that aggression and and tapping it in the right way because I think it must be, you know, a, a kind of a tricky thing for him to find at times because he's he he is like you know spends a lot of his time trying to, I guess, just stay as level as possible. But yeah. They, they, he, if you're going to come up against the Medina, you've got to have the same firepower. And I know he's got it. We've, we've seen him do it. We've seen him paddle uh, Medina uh, you know, up the point. He's one of the few surfers who has been inside Medina's rashy. And he's felt the smooth skin of Medina's shaved chest and bits. Mm, laser removed even, Vaughn. Laser removed now. Exactly. Unbelievable. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I think that's an area of focus. And uh, if he can tap into that this year, Smithy, ooh, geez, it's uh, – it's a good one. But, I mean, best way for me in this whole comp, I know John John went absolutely loony and just rifled off so many good turns and so many great combos, but nothing beats that Ethan Ewing. Huling ride, man. Oh, the butter. It was all over the popcorn. It was dripping down the seat, down your legs. It was a pool on the floor. Butter, butter, butter. Unbelievable. <laughs> How good was that oh, wave, mate? I could watch that over and over and over again. Just fucking... So smooth, but so aggressive, so deadly. He is on another planet. Like again, you know, so- between Ethan, Kanoa, Ryan, John, John, I was pretty much going, "Wow, this is fucking." Is surfing getting even better? It was just, yeah, it was crazy. He is on another level. Ethan Ewing's rail game is sublime. It, it defies description. You know, words can't even begin to do it justice. It, it's just from another planet, as you mentioned, Vaughn. So buttery, so savage. Uh, you know, the only guy who's gluing these perfect roundhouse rebounds, uh, you know, out at Halle I don't think I saw another one the whole event. He was just doing them like uh, they were going out of fashion. Had them absolutely on lock. Just so in rhythm. It's like... Um, you know, it's like Qi Gong or like some weird energetic, flowy, uh, like paradigm of energy reading that he's unlocked. Like he can just sink up to the waves energy like no one else and just fucking duts it when he needs to. It's, it's, it's a wild thing to watch. It's uh, unbeatable. If, if surfing was only done on the wave face, there'd be no beating him for the next 10 years. But as we know, that's not the case. Mm. Um, as far as, uh, yeah, you mentioned, uh, John, I mean, the 983 in the semis was pretty fucking sick. Yeah. That trademark turbo hook in the bowl and then just flew down the line through a proper pit, came out clean as a whistle, still going warp speed. And, uh, yeah, it all just went down so seamlessly with, with so much speed and style, as you'd expect. Just the purest surfing. you got to love it. Went on mm. to win the event, obviously, uh, but it, it wasn't in a canter like it was last year. He uh, he was pushed all the way by Kanoa, who was pretty amazing in this event as well. Uh, that signature down the line fin drift of his was money, yeah. and uh, you know one of the best turns in surfing. He was dropping eights in his sleep. Great performance from Kanoa, but yeah, John just untouchable yet again at what is his favourite wave or one of his favourite waves in the world, mate. When you've when you've uh, spent six months sailing the uh, Pacific Ocean with uh, nothing but you, your uh, your brother or your best friend or your woman, and uh, a hull full of sea cocks, mate, you, you, nothing's going to frighten you once you when you've been dealing with sea cocks for six months. He turned up and just <laughs> rinsed everyone, and yeah. Pushed to some level, but I mean, we called it uh, a long time ago that he would be 
pretty much unbeatable in this event. And it's not like even a huge call. I think in those early rounds when I saw Ethan, uh, I thought, whoa, this could actually, this could actually be interesting. Um, but, you know, uh, undone in a pretty, pretty miserable sort of uh, uh, conditions in the end. And, yeah, John, John, just just the read, mate, that, as we've said many, many times in the last little bit, we knew he would get off that boat and use that ocean intelligence to just cakewalk it, and he did. He looked like he was a different creature to everyone. You know, his, his understanding, the way that he generates speed is – it's almost like – it's so cosmic because he's not even moving. Like if you take off on a wave, how are you going that fast without doing a single thing? It's, it's, mm. it's one of the great mysteries of the world, mate. It's right up there with the pyramids and it's right up there with uh, the hanging gardens of Babylon and UFOs and every other fucking unanswered question. It is, he's just a, a non-mortal. It's crazy. It's crazy when you observe a surfer, especially in the flesh, who's just got the read on a joint. And, you know, it's their entry point. It's everything from their entry point into the wave, you know, where they position themselves on the drop. And they're just flying. And it's inexplicable. And, you know, sometimes you can tap into a thousandth of what John's feeling when, you know, you're particularly in rhythm and you've got the read on a lineup. But to experience that on the level he does... Fuck, you can only imagine what it feels like. Nah, unbelievable, mate. I was watching some of those bottom turns. The way that he slingshots off the bottom, like the, he comes off the bottom, he's so low, and he is like he, I don't know how do you describe it, but it's almost just like a full-blown slingshot. Like he pulls it back, and as he comes up the face, he just lets it go. But instead of just flying off into space, he just completely harnesses that energy and rips the most aggressive, tightest bowl snaps. And, man, you're watching it and you're just so green with it. Like, you, the envy is so hectic as, a, as a, a, you know, someone who wants to just feel that feeling that you're saying. Like, mate, you're greener than fucking Kermit the Frog's dick. <laughs> Uh, and the breakthrough performance, Vaughn, uh, I had penciled in here. The Hawaiian Grom, Eve Wong, a wild card in the event, made it all the way to the final, throwing down some stylish, big looping hooks, just really committed surfing, really matching the power of Halle Eva. Super radical, super stylish, a star of the future. Uh, and in the men's, Coley Vast. I mean... We know how skitzy is at maxing chopes. He's paddled and towed some of the heaviest waves of all time out there, but fuck, he can go vert backside too. Um, you know, as we know, it's not an easy wave to surf backside, Halieva. So to go that deep in the event suggests he's on his way to a world tour berth at some point. I think so, mate. And um, it's a, yeah, I mean, Owen Wright, you know, the, the, the great endorsement was Owen Wright uh, saying, you know, chopes champion, cloud break champion. Um, saying that, you know, Corley Vast was a world title contender in future years. So, yeah, he sees something in that kid that, that a lot of people see. He's, he's handy on two-footers in the, in the, in the shit too, uh, Smithy. So, yeah, I think, I think that there's going to be – oh, man, I, I think there's going to be a lot of – you know, now that the year's wrapped and people are looking back at their year and the Challenger Series – I think there's going to be a lot of fuel going into this next campaign. I, I think, you know, we had the, the COVID year where there was kind of four events. This has been for everyone's sort of first 
taste of what a real year on the Chang feels like. And it is long and it's hard and the level of surfing is crazy. We had our debutantes like Mikey McDonough and Jolly Vaughan, you know, get that feeling of getting momentum in an event for the first time and surfing against big stars that they probably had on their, maybe not on their bedroom walls anymore, but certainly, you know, on their phones. And I think that next year we might see the Chang- the Changers be a completely different tour, like a really, really aggressive, hardcore, back to the 90s kind of paddle battle, like bludgeon fest. Because you do not want to spend an entire year of your life doing that again and missing it by a fucking single heat. Absolutely, yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, fuck. Well, that's all I got, Vaughn. I'm out. Uh, nothing else to say on this event. But that's, hey, Smithy, mate, that's it for the Chang. The Chang is done. The WSL year is officially over. Now, mate, Blitzed doesn't go anywhere because we've got the Vans Pipe Masters window kicking in next week. Are you ready to go down and throw down? Because I'm telling you, mate, they've just had five people pull out and Albie Layer still hasn't got a start yet. <laughs> wow. Oh, the poor bastard. That is rough. Can't wait for the Pipe Masters to kick off. The Vans Comp, it's a bit of a novelty event. We have some left field surfers in it, but that's kind of what makes it so captivating. So it's going to be fucking must-see surfing. Well, let's get together next week and do a, a little breakdown on it if it hasn't started yet. For sure. On your Smivy. On your Vorno. You've been listening to Blitzed. And ain't that swell pro surfing sponge bath. This episode of Blitz was brought to you by the Rip Curl Mirage Activate. On sale today, ripcurl.com.